0: Our first scripture reading this morning is from Acts chapter 19, verses 1 through 5. Listen to the Word of God. While Apollos was at Corinth, Paul took the road through the interior and arrived at Ephesus. There he found some disciples and asked them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? They answered, No, we have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. So Paul asked, Then what baptism did you receive? John's baptism, they replied. Paul said John's baptism was a baptism of repentance. He told the people to believe in the one coming after him, that is, in Jesus. On hearing this, they were baptized into the name of the Lord Jesus. Our second scripture reading is from Mark. Chapter 1, verses 9 through 11. Hear again the word of God. At that time, Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. As Jesus was coming up out of the water, he saw heaven being torn open and the Spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, You are my Son, whom I have loved, and with you I am well pleased. The grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of God remains forever. Amen. The epiphany of the Lord is traditionally celebrated on January the 6th, which was yesterday. Due to the way it fell on the calendar this year, many churches are celebrating it today. It recognizes the time when the wise men came from the East and paid homage to Jesus. We recognized it this morning in our first hymn. We also, in a way, celebrated it yesterday as Epiphany marks the end of the season of Christmas. Yesterday, several members gathered here at the church to take down the Christmas decorations and the Advent wreath. It was a lively gathering. And the work was done in short order. It was nice to enjoy the fellowship with one another, but at the same time, it was a little bit sad that the decorations were coming down. You know, our building may be small and modest compared to other places of worship, but I don't know of a prettier church during the Advent and Christmas. It's always beautiful. The candles, the trees, The aisle and wall greenery, they all add to the beauty of the church during the season. So when the decorations come down, it's somewhat of a letdown. I read of one church that was preparing to take down their decorations after Christmas. One of the members was asking for help from the congregation and made the announcement, it's time to make the church look plain again. The pastor a little surprised replied, you mean beautifully, elegant, and simple again. (laughs) No, she said after thinking about it, plain. With the decorations now down there could be a feeling that she was correct. It could be that we are back to plain. Although after some discussion yesterday, we did leave up a few more decorations than we have in the past. But the truth is, is that the build-up from Advent to Christmas is over. The hanging of the greens will have to wait for several more months. We are back to beautifully elegant and simple again. Pastors, including commission pastors, are likely to have a major letdown and feel tired for a couple of weeks after the Christmas season. Church members may be feeling tired as well after the busy season they've just gone through. Add to that the fact that winter has just settled in, and the short hours of daylight will be with us for several more weeks, all of which may, may add to our sense of tiredness and gloominess. We also had our first major storm, snow of the winter this past week. Probably caused some of us to suffer from cabin fever. The hymn, In the Bleak Midwinter, seems very appropriate for this time of year. I mean, at least after Easter, the the weather warms, the hours of daylight increase, and spring brings about renewed hope and energy. Not so now. Excitement for coming to church after Christmas is the toughest sell of all the year. Maybe even competing with the Sunday after Easter. But today, as we celebrate Epiphany, we also have a special service to celebrate before we begin the in-between time, before we start the period leading up to Lent and Easter in the spring. Today is also Baptism of the Lord Sunday. In it, we not only remember Jesus' baptism in the Jordan River, but also give thanks for the baptism we share with Christ. The baptism of the Lord foreshadows the season of Lent, as the Gospels tell us that Jesus was driven into the wilderness for 40 days after his own baptism. And whether you're a longtime church member or have never been in a church, most folks have heard of the word baptism. Some people refer to it as christening. Regardless of the word used, it is associated with a long-standing church sacrament, and it is our focus today. There's much about baptism that's worth thinking about. We follow certain procedures to prepare for it. Parents have conversations with the pastor early on. A date is set when the family and friends can be present for the service. A time during the worship service is set aside for it. On the day of the baptism, there's an air of excitement. The parents of the baby are usually nervous that their child will cry throughout the whole ceremony. The grandparents smile proudly from the second pew and take hundreds of photos after the service. And of course, there is the baby, who is the center of attention, whether asleep or awake, whether quiet or screaming. Important words are said during the service. Do you promise to guide and nurture this child? Do you believe in God the Father? I baptize you in the name of the Father and Son and the Holy Spirit, among others. There's also significant actions that are part of the baptism. The pouring of the water, the reading of liturgy, The presenting of the child to the congregation. No matter how many baptisms you have witnessed, each one is a special occasion. Not even the most loudly crying baby can spoil the event. Now you would think that this is how the Bible would have described Jesus' baptism. As important as baptism is, and as important as Jesus is, you would think his baptism would have been rich with religious ceremony. However, Mark only devotes three short verses to it. While other Gospels have a bit more detail, with Mark, there's no mention of the word said, or the promises made, or who was there. There was no liturgy or questions from the Book of Common Worship. For those of you that were here early in December, you may recall how we discussed that Mark is very brief and to the point. With Mark, there's not a lot of background information or or detailed explanation of the events that he is writing about. As was mentioned then, Mark is a just-the-facts, ma'am, sort of guy, like Joe Friday and the TV show Dragnet. We started the first Sunday of Advent with the verses in Mark leading up to today's reading. It was the passage of John the Baptist coming in the wilderness, preaching a message of repentance and baptism. We heard of his diet of locusts and wild honey and clothing of camel hair with a leather belt. We read his statement that someone was coming that would baptize with the Holy Spirit and who he wasn't worthy to even stoop over and untie the thongs on his sandals. We pick up today with the verse right after that passage. And it, it jumps immediately from describing John and his work to briefly stating that Jesus comes from Nazareth and is baptized by John. <laughs> There's no further expo- elaboration. Just that Jesus came and John baptized him. It tells of Jesus coming out of the water and seeing the heavens open and the Spirit descending on him like a dove. Then the voice comes from heaven, You are my Son, whom I love. With you I am well pleased. There it is. Mark's description of the baptism of the Lord in three verses. That's Mark. His message is simple and to the point. But let's study the words a little deeper. For instance, in verse 10, it says that as Jesus was coming out of the water, he saw something, call it a vision. The vision was of the opening of heavens. Now when we think of the opening of heavens, we would probably think of shafts of light falling on Jesus, or trumpets blaring, or angels descending. But no, in this opening of heaven, We only have the appearance of a bird, the dove. Now, in the entire, only time in the entire Bible that God's spirit is identified with a dove is at the baptism of Jesus. Yet for 2,000 years, the descending dove has been the church's most widely used symbol of God's Holy Spirit. That tells us something about the importance of its appearance at Jesus' baptism. The dove's appearance said that God's spirit was right there in the middle of the event. It's equally important for us to remember that God's spirit is present today as parents and child gather around the baptismal font. Baptism is far more than a nice religious service we conduct for children or adults. It is an occasion when God's Spirit is right there among us. Baptism is one of our two sacraments, the other being communion, which we will celebrate this morning. But that leads to the question, what is a sacrament? Martin Luther described a sacrament sacrament as a visible sign of God's invisible love and grace. The visible part is the ceremony itself. The invisible part is God's presence and His love. Whether it is a baby who is presented by parents or adults who are presenting themselves to be baptized, the living God is in the middle of the people gathered. Unfortunately, baptism tends to be treated as something to tick off the list to make sure you have every possible coverage in life. Sarah Miles in her book, Take This Bread, tells of a time when she was working at a food pantry at a church in San Francisco. One day a young lady came in and stood at the baptismal font. The girl asked, Is this the water God puts on us to make you safe? Now that may be the thought of many people. But baptism is so much more than that. At the forefront of that, baptism is about love. It's given to the church to express God's love to all people. It is primarily and always an expression of love, God's love and grace. No matter who we are, we may be baptized. No matter what we do after we are baptized, we are still baptized. God's love does not rub off when we behave badly. We may disappoint God, but we cannot estrange ourselves from God. His grace and love are steadfast, regardless of our failings. Whether we take down our Christmas decorations early, leave them up all year, or don't put up any, we are still His children, His beloved. And with baptism and us and with us being God's beloved, we are called to a certain life of Christian devotion and service. This calls us to a life of compassion for and connection with all of God's creation. Mark's gospel may be brief and to the point, but if we dig deep enough into the words, we find something that is not plain, but beautifully elegant and simple. In it, we find God's love for us. As we remember the devotion of the wise men on Epiphany and the baptism of the Lord today, let us go out to spread the good news, care for others, and live a life that is worthy of our calling. Above all, let us go out celebrating our gift of God's invisible love and grace. Amen.